0: Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Greetings one and all, and welcome to episode 69 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. My name is Jason A. Meiske, thriller author and your host. For this very special episode, we have horror author Robert Ford. Coming up in just a few minutes, he's going to read a sample chapter from his latest book, A Penny for Your Thoughts. You don't want to miss it. It is so good. So good. I just, you know, I know I say that a lot, but man, I mean, the authors that come on here and do the readings so many times, they they put so much emotion into it, and today is no exception. So you don't want to miss out on that interview. Like I said, it's going to be here in just a few minutes. Anyway, yes, this is the show where authors read a sample chapter. Make sure to follow us on social media or hit that subscribe button on YouTube, iTunes, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. If you are an author or you have a recommendation for one, you can reach out to us through social media. Or probably the best way to be to email us at SampleChapterPodcast at gmail.com. Tell me who you are and what you write and uh, we'll get you on the show. Or, or maybe you have a recommendation and either I can reach out to them or you can have them reach out to me. Either way... Yeah, long story short, (laughs) email me anyway. And if you have any comments about the show, I'm more than happy to uh, respond to any comments. If you have a critique or anything, if uh, there's something that uh, you want to hear more about, then make sure you're contacting us through email or respond on Facebook or Twitter uh, to one of our posts. Because we do post on their weekly for new episodes, old episodes, you know, throwback Thursdays, all that kind of fun stuff. And we like to share a lot of things uh, very, very frequently. So reach out to us. Let us know what we can do to improve the show if you have any recommendations. I do want to take a moment and say thank you, thank you, thank you to our sponsors. You Store All, the self-storage facility out of Warrensburg, Missouri, has been with us from the very beginning. And they they are an amazing amazing self-storage facility Uh, they have just about completed everything at their satellite facility they've now got about 60 cameras recording between the two facilities there is non-climate control climate control things look amazing awesome 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 place check them out at ustorall.net. that is the letter u s-t-o-r-a-l-l dot net i also want to thank our network friends pop goes the culture uh, make sure you click the link in the show notes for them and you can check out their show You can check out the I think there's a dozen other podcasts on there. Just some fantastic stuff I've talked about it before one of my favorite ones is their flagship show pop goes the culture I also like listening to their Alamo Alamo Drafthouse backlot as uh, a weekly show about you know current movies and movie news. There's also a fantastic one I've been uh, following a lot lately called the back in time podcast you know i I like a lot of movie and pop culture stuff so this has been a lot of fun for me but yeah go down over to popcosaculture.com and check out every all the other shows that they have to offer it's awesome awesome stuff and we're thrilled that uh that they've taken us on and that they share our episodes every week as well of course i would be remiss if i didn't take a moment to say a tremendous thank you to official sponsor Scribner. Yeah, Scrivener is my favorite writing app. It, I use it for all of my writing now. Uh, I have the desktop version on both my computer and laptop. I also have the app on my phone. All of this is synced to a cloud service that, that way I can access my current work in progress anywhere I go. So many good tools within there. Such a fantastic writing software you've got to check it out you're gonna hear an ad for them here in just a moment so make sure you're listening for that special code that you can enter if you want to go and uh, pick up a copy of Scrivener for yourself so we are entering the end of May Uh, hopefully your May has been a productive one my for for writing mine has not been very productive Uh, As I talked about, maybe the first part of May, I did finish my current story, my second novel. Finished it up writing on my Scrivener app in the uh, theater. But really, since then, I haven't done a whole lot with it. I took the rest of, you know, the last day or two of May off. And most of this month, I have been just catching up on projects around the house. Making improvements with the show. Getting some website stuff organized. Getting lots of things done that I've been putting off. Uh, but the uh, end of the month is coming up, and perhaps I just needed that month away. I'm hoping to get busy on uh, getting this story done up. I, I'm really, really excited, though, because I, I just this past week got to see the cover art, the local artist who's been working on it for me. He sent, sent me a shot of what it looks like. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It looks so cool. The novel is called A Novel Idea. It is a psychological thriller. It's about an author who is suspected of stealing, maybe even killing, for his stories. Anyway, so yeah, um, this past month, it's uh, I haven't been doing a lot of writing, hardly any editing at all. Um, I need to I need to get busy. That's what, all there is to it. I need to get busy. So hopefully your May is doing well. Hopefully your Memorial Day weekend was a good one, and uh, you know that you all us had, had safe travels if you went anywhere. Mm. Oh, before I forget, I do also want to say once again, coming up June 8th is the Writers of Warnsburg workshop, followed by a book signing at Reader's World of Warnsburg. The Writers of Warnsburg is my local writing group that I'm a part of. Uh, this is our fourth annual workshop. There will be several author and editor-type people there on hand, giving lessons and such. It, it's a fantastic chance to learn some stuff, to get some critiques. So And it's pretty cheap. I think it's only like $35 for the full day. Starts like nine in the morning, it goes till three in the afternoon. Lunch is included, snacks are included. I, I think last time I ate like six or seven cookies and drank coffee all day and lunch was amazing. Oh my gosh, I had a chicken breast last year that was just to die for. So I don't know what the menu is this year, but... The food is always incredible. And, you know, getting the chance to sit down with other authors and kind of network with them, talk with other ones. You can't miss out on an opportunity to do that. So this this is so much fun. Oh, and then, yeah, at, like I said, at the end of that, at Reader's World at 4 o'clock is the author book signing, uh, which will include myself and several other authors, uh, previous guests of the show and, and other new ones that uh, have not been on the show as of yet. So it's going to be a really good time. It's a full day event. Highly recommend it. And I would love to see you there. So if you are a fan of the show and you do make it to this, make sure you come up to me. I'm going to be wearing my Sample Chapter Podcast shirt. So make sure you come up and say hello. I'll give you a shout out on a future episode. Reach out to me and I will send you the information for how to sign up for that. Or you can go to Writers of Warnsburg on Facebook or let me know if you're interested in coming, and I'll make sure you have the information needed, as I said before, our guest this week is Robert Ford. He hails from Pennsylvania and was he was amazing, just just really wonderful to get to talk to, getting to know him a little bit and you know the funny thing is is in chatting with him beforehand, we got to we figured out that we know some of the same people uh in the writing community, so that was pretty neat. It's always fun whenever that happens. We talk about his writing career here in the interview. He's been writing for more than 15 years now. Uh, we talk about his, uh, his first books and uh, writing characters, how the characters are what comes to him first. And then he also gives us some really fantastic advice for uh, you know beginning authors or authors still early in their careers, such as myself, uh, who may be listening in. It's fantastic stuff. His latest book, A Penny for Your Thoughts, comes out this weekend, June 1st. It's available for pre-order right now, which is why he is a guest on the show. Uh, As you know, every author that comes on the show, they are reading from a book that is either available right now or is available for pre-order. That book is coming out here in just a couple days. Make sure you click the links in the show notes so you can pick up a copy for yourself. Because, like I said, I think when you hear this and you listen to the emotion. Coming through, Mr. Ford, as as he speaks, it's got a very, for me, it it had a very boy's life by Robert McCammon it had had a very boy's life feel to it, as he was reading, and oh man, I I just I love that novel, so I think this is, this this has been just that little chapter he reads today has really spoke to me, and I yeah I, I I know I'm gonna I'm gonna grab one of these myself, so yeah, enough of me talking. As always, I ramble on too much, so I'm going to go ahead and get us on over to our interview with Robert Ford right after a word from our sponsor. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener writing software, built by writers for writers. Hello guys and gals, welcome to another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Jason here, and this week we are deep diving back into the horror realm with Bob Ford. Mr. Ford, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me on.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. Now, I I know you're out of Pennsylvania, but right now you're in Atlanta. How was the uh, How's the trip going?
1: <laughs> uh, it, it is a It is a great little getaway uh, this weekend. the uh, The weather is much nicer than we've been experiencing in Pennsylvania, so it's a welcome change. <laughs>
0: that's great. That's great. Well, go ahead and let the audience know a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure, I uh I am I've been a heart reader now for for over 15 years. I've uh, got quite a few novels and and, uh, and novellas and short story collections coming out, and uh, but I'm I'm here today to to talk about a a new novel that's getting released on June 1st uh, from Poltergeist Press, and it's uh, it's a novel that I co-wrote with with Matt Hayward. It's called A Penny for Your Thoughts. So and that's uh, that's one that we're exceptionally excited about, and uh, and there's a, there's a lot of really good buzz that's happening. So. Yeah, that, that's why uh, I'm so happy to, to have it, you know, be on the show today.
0: I'm I'm thrilled to have you here. I I love whenever I get to uh, open up my messenger or email or whatever, and I get to hear from an author that's reaching out to me. And this was really really cool. So, like, we can dive right in here with this uh, new book. So, Penny, for your thoughts, uh, tell us a
1: little bit about this. Well, it's it's you know the the thing with a penny for your thoughts. It's a it's a novel that that uh, Matt and I started. I, I know Matt now for coming up on about four years and always just really respected Matt. He's, he's just such a phenomenal, phenomenal guy, really, really talented writer. And, uh, and he approached me last summer and he said, I, you know, I think I think I have something for us to work on if you're, if you're interested in collaborating. With that. And he kind of unspooled this idea. And uh, I kept thinking about this, this idea that night. Uh, and, and the next morning I woke up, it was in my mind right away. And it wasn't too long after the convention, we we really kind of dug right in and and started cranking this thing out. Uh, but a penny for your thoughts, is, it, it deals with a guy named Joe Openshaw, who he's been through a little bit of a rough patch in life. Uh, he just got out of a, a stint in prison for, for some things that went very wrong. And he's trying to get his life back together. And, uh, he lives in this little town of Lowback and he's out hiking, just kind of clearing his head one morning as he's, as he started to do every Saturday. And he stumbles across this jar of old wheatback pennies. And, uh, but the interesting thing is what's attached to all those pennies and, uh, and things, things go, uh, things go very awry from that point on. Let's leave that part (laughs) of that. (laughs) All right.
0: Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to hear the chapter here a little bit later on. And and that's coming out June 1st, just a couple of days after this episode airs. So make sure everybody, you you need to all follow the links in the show notes and click on there to go and get your pre-order right now. I should say also, this is co-written by Matt Hayward, like you were saying, and I want to say a special thank you to Matt because uh, thanks to him, uh, I'm seeing my uh, my downloads and listens in Ireland are jumping up there, so thank you, Matt. I just want to say <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty awesome, and I appreciate that. So.
1: <laughs> no, Matt Matt's a great guy, and like I said, he's he's such a talented writer too. I mean, he's he's a Bram Stoker uh, Award nominated author himself, you know. So he's he he's no joke. I mean, he's uh he may might not have been around uh in the in the industry as long as some of us else, but he's just such a talented to guy to work with you know we had so much fun working on this one.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll make sure and put a uh, a link in the show notes for uh, not only your website but also Matt's as well, so that way we can get you get both of uh, that information out there for the fans to follow. Awesome.
1: That'd be great.
0: So you you've been writing for about fifteen years. You said I know uh, you went back. We were talking before the show. Uh, your first book, Samson in Denial, was mm-hmm. <laughs> came out. Tell us about this book.
1: Well, i i lived uh, I lived in Philadelphia for a couple of years and went to college there. And you know, but previous to that, I lived in the sticks, man. I mean, I there was nothing but cornfields and dogs howling at night. <laughs> and it was uh, it was just I mean, it was a massive culture shock uh, to go, go to a city the size of, of Philadelphia and suddenly you know immerse yourself and, and live there. So. It was really easy, you know. I, I I walked around a lot. I went to Chinatown. I went to South Streets. I uh, lived a couple blocks away from Rittenhouse Square, and just observing people, you know, in, in the community, you know, citizens in the community just walking around doing their thing. And uh, it wasn't until a couple years after that, after I moved back uh, from Philadelphia back to New York, Pennsylvania, the the title "Samson in Denial." Is just a, a phrase that came in my head, and I started kicking that around. And uh, usually, I end up getting titles first. I just I have no idea maybe what they're attached to story-wise. And the story fleshed out. All I knew at the beginning was it was a guy who ran a, a pawn shop, and a uh, and a junkie came in trying to pawn the head of a three thousand year old mummy, <laughs> and it, it went from there wow <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's it's uh it's it's got got some quite quite some stuff in there but that also began the true mythos of uh i don't want to give too much info but it, it became the started the mythos of a of a of a cult called the crimson sisters hmm and the core of, of of that story
0: awesome but and it sounds like from everything I'm hearing about your stories and and one of you dive into them it's it seems like it's very much character driven. That that's the first thing that comes to your mind.
1: Uh, very much, absolutely very much. It's um, you know, I I've always been, I've always felt that, you know, when I'm when I'm reading something or or I'm doing live readings, you know, I really want to make an emotional impact to to the readers, to the listeners. Um, if I can make them laugh, if I can make them cry, you know, really upset, whatever. That's, I think that's pushing those emotional hot buttons is something that as a writer, I think you, that, that should really be the, you know, a a huge goal. Um, as, as well as entertain, of course, you have to entertain with a, with a good story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've always taken the extra time, you know, to develop my characters. I, you know, when I was working with, with Samson, I really, I could go into a bar, a grocery store, a bank, anywhere and, Really kind of know what Samson would do if the bank got robbed. If, you know, a bar fight broke out, I would know in my head what was going to go wrong and what was going to go right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, character development is, is certainly, you know, at the top of my list.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much we get these characters in our heads and, and living there for a long time as if they're real
1: people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and knowing, uh, you know, what, what Matt had, had written, you know, previous to us collaborating, um, I mean, he had, you know, written, you know, Brain Dead Blues, he, what do monsters fear? You know, the, even the faithful, you know, he, his, his character development was always really kind of in par with, with, with what my ideals, were, which is why I just thought it would be a blast to, to work with him on this.
0: Fantastic. That, that's awesome. You know, and, You've worked not only with Matt, but you've also worked with some other pretty big names in the Oops. industry. I mean, Brian King, Mary San Giovanni, Jonathan Jans, uh, Summer Cannon. Uh, I, the, the, just,
1: the Welcome to the Show anthology, yeah.
0: Yeah, just to yeah. name a few. I mean, oh my gosh. This is. Yeah, that fantastic. was, uh,
1: that was such a, a fun idea and, uh, and I, you know, I think Matt and and uh, I think Matt has has kind of kicked around. I think he's mentioned it publicly that uh, he's got some ideas for a follow up to that. Mm. Uh, it won't be won't be a direct sequel necessarily. It won't be set in the same kind of a uh, situation. But uh, yeah, he's got some sequel to that thing. So yeah, keep I, I keep an eye out for that as well.
0: Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it, I mean, it looks incredible. And uh, I mean, you've got yeah, welcome to the show, Lost Highways. You got a number of great anthologies that you've been able to take part in. Oh my gosh, Clive Barker! I just read that as we we're speaking here that uh, that you've gotten into. I mean, <laughs> so this is this is no joke. All right. So then, for my authors that are listening to this show, what kind of advice would you have about writing? You know, with uh, maybe a potential goal to get into some anthologies.
1: Well, the the thing with you know with anthologies, there, there's the market, and and this is one thing I've noticed: the market has definitely changed than it used to be. Um, you know, it, it there were. <laughs> let's see. Um, this is gonna sound really strange, but when you start looking at some of the anthology guidelines, take a look at who they name drop first. You know, it's one of those things, and this is gonna sound sort of elitist and really kind of terrible but i I really don't mean it that way they they need to be they need to act like a professional publication Hmm. Um, the worst thing that i've seen young inexperienced writers do is sell themselves short uh you know what doesn't pay the bills exposure so anything that pays an exposure i'm sorry don't do that if you believe in yourself and you think you have some kind of talent Keep submitting it somewhere until you actually get paid for it. You know, don't don't sell yourself short. Because what happens is ending up in anthologies or publications that you have a big pile of exposure. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really do you any good. It doesn't help you push past that and get into more professional anthologies and more professional publications. You know, but the good thing is the market is definitely changing. It's changing for the better. Yeah, Uh, just pay attention to the guidelines and really polish your, you know, as much as you possibly can before you submit, you know, just make sure that it's set up in a professional manner, you know, keep doing it again and again and again. Eventually, you'll get there. Eventually, you'll get published more and more often.
0: Yeah, that's that's great advice. I really appreciate you giving that to us. Sure, of course. So in addition to a penny for your thoughts coming up here in a couple of days, what uh, what are you working on?
1: Well, this, uh, let's see, this summer I have, uh, the, the, uh, paperback release and ebook release of Rattlesnake Kisses. That is a uh, novella that I co-wrote with John Bowden. So that's sold out in its limited, uh, limited edition format and through Thunderstorm books. And it's going to be available out in paperback and ebook later this summer. I'll also have a novella collection that is untitled as of yet, but that's going to change real quick. Uh, but that novella collection, that's gonna be coming out this summer as well. So it's, it's, it's gonna be hopping. There's, oh, oh, there's a, <laughs> there's another novella with John Bowden called Caddy Balthus. Uh, that'll, that'll keep you guys on your toes. That's a very interesting read. Very interesting. It's a very disturbing read, but it's, uh, yeah, that'll be coming out this summer too.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Alright. Well, you'll have to make sure and, uh, send me a message. Let me know when, uh, when these books are coming out, we'll make sure and uh, share them on our uh, social media as well.
1: Certainly will, yeah.
0: All right. Well, where can uh, where can people follow you you uh, you and Matt for for that matter?
1: Uh, well, you can you can follow me right. My, I mean, I'm on also forms of social media on Instagram, Facebook, and all that noise. Uh, but you can follow me on my website at robertfordauthor.com. dot And uh, Matt is the same way. He's on every single you know social media platform. But you can also follow him at his website at sundancecrow.com.
0: All right. Great. And uh, like I said before, we'll have links to all of this in the show notes. And uh, sure. of course, everybody, uh, make sure you pay particular attention to that Amazon link that I'm going to put on there for a penny for your thoughts. So that way you can grab your copy before it before it comes out here in a couple of days and make sure it drops right into your Kindle or, or a paperback. That'll work too, right?
1: Yep. Absolutely. Hardback, paperback, and ebook. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. it's Always amazing to me whenever I get to talking to people and how many people that we kind of know, or, or this this author world how big it's getting uh, once you <laughs> yeah. really get in there. So it's I, I look forward to uh, speaking to you again, and uh, hopefully we we'll run into each other sometimes. I'd I'd love to have a sit down and really, uh,
1: and talk with yeah. you. Uh, I really hope so. Oh, you know, it, it, it is it's a very small digging around, you know, in, in the horror genre. That's that's for certain. <laughs> uh, but I know, I really appreciate you having me on. Ah,
0: it's been my pleasure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to hand the floor over to horror author Bob Ford with the latest book, A Penny, for your thoughts.
1: Chapter One Whenever I take the lowback trail, I always find something different. Unknown names carved in the tree trunks, discarded briefs by overeager dippers, a smoldering pit left for weekend hikers. But today... Today I found a penny job. My parole officer warned me to stick to town, but a trailer park, one grocery store, and row of houses could not make for entertainment. Besides, the low-back was town, at least to us locals anyway, so like every Saturday, I took a hike. The clear air from last night's storm stung my lungs, and as a former twenty-a-day guy, best shit hurt I shimmied through the ferns and past the old fishing spot on the bridge, a trail of the lowback youth kept secret like a family heirloom. The dirt path wasn't much to begin with, but now, after the thunderstorm, nothing but thick mud slopped beneath my boots. Rainwater slipped from the high pines and slapped my face. I didn't mind. Being inside for eight years, I take an elderly drunkard spitting on my face for some relief. Eight years, man. Accomplice the robbery didn't make for the cleanest record, but I just happened to be parked by the street while my girl, Angie, robbed a store at gunpoint, you know? Prove otherwise, your honor. Angie, on the other hand, was still inside, and low back was a better place for it. Rooks and insects chirped and chittered as I whistled and took the trail paralleling the rumbling tributary. High water smacked off the banks and rocks. Dirty as a back alley whore and just as fit to burst. Rumor had it those waters were home to a school of catfish so big they could eat a gaggle of kids and ask for seconds. I'd never been dumb enough to hop in and find out, but with the storm pushing water levels, I imagine those catfish might decide to emigrate to the woods come supper time. I wanted to make it home before the rain clouds really popped. But then again, had I done that, I'd never have found my job. After kicking aside a pair of underwear large enough to fit a hippo with glandular problems, that's when I spotted the tree. The jagged trunk still smoked lightly, and as the wind changed direction, sour air attacked my nostrils. I pressed my sleeve to my face as I jogged on over. The lone pine sat by the water's edge, shredded by the gods. A still flaming branch sizzled on the riverbank. But strangest of all was the crater of blackened earth by the roots. If I didn't know any better, I'd say a tiny meteor had struck. Roots jutted from the scorched soil like tentacles. And I peeked below at the thing buried in the dirt. Rainwater rolled down the filthy glass. A jar. My first thought turned to drugs. Could someone have buried paraphernalia for a pickup? Would that attract lightning? Then, as stupid as it sounds, I thought, silver. Did we have a millionaire low back hillbilly hiding treasures outside of town? Parole officer would be damned. My hands itched to find out. I scanned the woods for hikers before hunkering down and pawing at the muck. The dirt came free in globs, gathering beneath my nails. But I soon shimmied my hands around the glass and holes. The object popped free, and I went bass-ackwards as things shot through the air, thumped the soggy ground, and rolled as I scrambled to my feet, and my treasure barreled toward the tributary. Mother! Fuck! I bolted and snatched the jar just as it started down the bank for the catfish. Then I caught my breath. I took inventory of the woods once more. Only the sparrows and catfish knew my whereabouts and the hissing rain cloaked my leg of breathing. I hobbled through the shelter of the canopy, squatting back against bark as I rolled that cold jar about my open palms. A seamed glass cookie jar. The very thing Pop used as a square pot when I was growing up. Sometimes I think he cussed just to give me pocket money, the kind of man he was. Fuck, fuck, shit, pop, fuck. And there's your candy. Going up to the store got me some tobacco while you are at it like magic. Like magic, I mumbled, and popped the lid before peering inside. I expect a rank smell, maybe from a dead animal some psychotic child had shoved inside, but all I found was paper. Lots of paper. My brow creased. I wiped my hand on my jeans before slipping in two fingers and snatching a piece. Then I pulled a tiny, ripped scroll free and found myself surprised at the weight. Someone had shredded a notebook page before rolling the sections into tight little scrolls. The years only strengthened that fold, and once I unraveled a piece, I placed it on my knee and held it open. There lay a single pen and next to the handwriting. fuck is going on here? I peeled the tape and held the coin up for inspection. A 1952 Lincoln wheat Penny. Pristine. I pocketed the coin before I studied the paper, cursing as raindrops marred the page. The scrawl reminded me of someone using their bad hand or a drunkard's love letter. Then I realized what I was looking at a child's handwriting. To whoever cares, it read, I'm not asking for a Raleigh. Just a bike. Any bike. Stop Casey making fun of me. Please. Is that too fucking much to ask? Well, God damn. I couldn't help it, man. I laughed. I laughed damn hard. I read it twice over before pocketing the thing and climbing to my feet. Shaking my head, I had one thought. What else had this kid wished for? The heavy jar promised lots of reading material, that's for sure. And I took off home as I recapped the lid. I didn't want a single page damaged. What would I have wished for as a child? Probably a mountain of fun dip, pop rocks, and everlasting Gobstoppers. Something stupid like that. But shit, this kid had balls, man. And I needed to know more. I took off home with rockets in my boots. Briarwood Estates Trailer Park emitted a soft glow with family's waste of the afternoon binging TV. Pop's home sat at the far end by the welcome side, no more than a trailer without wheels. An IV lined there as thunder cracked and pregnant clouds pissed ice water. The wind had knocked June Randolph's seats for sale, signed down, and I made a mental note to fix it from morning. Her and Pop always got along. Then, Kenny Williams burst from his mobile home. Hey, Kenny, what's happened? He slogged across the lawn with that ball of beer belly sloshing beneath his white beard. That man could run naked in the Arctic and still say, it ain't that cold. He sniffled. Hey, Joe, um, listen, I I got a proposition to make. Now, there's a word for a man like you. Shit, Kenny, you're gonna catch your death out here. Why not come over to Pop's place later? We'll talk. Rain dripped from my nose, and I made to leave when he said, Well, see? I've already been there. Crap on a step. If Pop got wind of another infamous Kenny Williams get-rich-quick scheme, my parole officer would hop me faster than a dog in wheat. Henderson wasn't a drill sergeant by any means, but the man had eyes for liars. I blagged my way into his good side with each checkup, and you bet your pocket thing I intended to say that. Kenny, what did you go and do? Nothing, man, nothing. you sure. I got a guy out in the city moving a bunch of repoed shit. junk cars, that kind of thing. I'm making a profit out here, just keeping food on the table, that kind of thing. I thought of the time Kenny jacked pockets full of Parmesan from Walmart, planning to get a thrift store suit and sell it to restaurants all legit-like, and stifled a laugh. I swear he and Angie will be the death. Why were you at Pop's place? I stuck something in the garage for you. For free, man. Free. Just proving I'm moving serious shit here. Oh yeah? And what's the catch? Got the Danny brothers involved? He licked his lips, opened his arms wide. Picture big, alright? Look, I got a junk 71 Chevelle that Brian put a new coat of paint on for me. I'm gonna pass it off to "'Yeah, the Denny Brothers. For a grand. A grand easy, Joe. I only paid four hundred. you know how slow those knuckleheads are? They're a cash cow. "'And you want me to be your salesman?' "'I'll give you a good money, man. Cash in hand,' he said in an exasperated manner, "'as if I were the slowest damn thing he ever did see. "'You're good at this kind of shit, Joe.' Remember the time you sold the Denny Brothers a green-painted bathtub because it looked new age, I finished. Yeah, I remember. So you can do it, he said, arms still out wide. I'm pleading. It's real low risk, Joe. Just a car. At first, rainwater slithered inside my jacket, and I shivered as a harsh wind blew my head. I did need the damned money. Pop's mill wage granted little comfort. The old house spoke to that. He lied he could handle the bills. Ain't nothing, Joe. But I knew better. That man would give me the shirt off his back and ask if I needed more, even if I'd just broken his jaw with a wrench. I intended on pulling my weight, getting settled by the time the weather cleared and making Pop proud. No one would hire me because of my stint inside. No one smart. Alright, listen, I said. I'll come around tonight. But stay away from Pops. He doesn't need this shit. Kenny flashed through nicotine-stained stubs. I got it. Oh well. Hey, can I, can I get a cookie? I'd almost forgotten about my jaw. I shook my head. Get out of the rain, Kenny. I'll see you tonight. Right, right. I kept my head low against the sheeting water as I rushed home. And that's when Kenny called out. Joe, it's a bike. I turned. What? It's a bike. What I left you. A serious present for a serious deal. I thought you could take it up to the low back sometime, you know? Now that you're out and getting clean. A bike? Something cold and hard twisted it in my gut. What? Time? I asked. A Raleigh, he said, and smiled. Come on, who doesn't want a Raleigh? Pop sat at the kitchen table holding the morning newspaper. A cup of black coffee rested beside him, probably untouched, and room temperature at best. My father was nothing if not a creature of habit. He wore his weekend clothes, a flannel shirt, faded jeans, and scuffed moccasin slippers. Every other day of the week for the past 22 years, he donned his dark blue work clothes for the low-back feet. took every bit of overtime they offered if he could, and never took a day off. Hard-working man through and through, my dad. He glanced at me as I shut the door and stepped into the living room. Evening, kid. Hey, Pop. How's the world this morning? Going to hell in a handcart, that's how. Nothing gets my piss hot like reading about the government these days. Stupid sons of bitches. <laughs> why do you keep reading about it? I crossed to the kitchen counter and poured a cup of coffee. black. I used to hate it that way. But when you're on the inside, sugar and cream are become valuable trading commodities. Now I look forward to the bitter taste. Pop let the top of the newspaper fold and peered at me. Because knowing and getting pissed off is better than walking around stupid. I laughed and sipped the hot brew. Speaking of stupid, Kenny stopped by after you left this morning. His gaze remained on me. Acted all shifty and nervous like he does. You two up to something? Nah, Pop. You know how Kenny is. Nothing to worry about. Man's dumber than a box of shit and always has been. Mixed up in any schemes he asked, cooking. I nodded and swallowed another mouthful of coffee. I won't. I know better. Pop grunted and turned his focus back on the paper, flicking out the pages. I headed toward my room and made it halfway down the hall before I realized I'd been hiding the penny jar at my side so Pop couldn't see. For the life of me, I had no idea why. Pop called out as I made it to my room. Kenny said he left you something in the garage, by the way. Thanks, Pop. My father hadn't touched my bedroom at all during my time inside. And now that I was out, I didn't feel the need to change it. There was something comforting, something safe about the posters on my wall. Misfits and dead milkmen. Screaming trees and Alice in Chains. I was home again, yeah, but more importantly, it felt my palm. I sandwiched the jar between my bed and dresser and pushed a trash can against it. Then I appraised my work. Nope, that wouldn't do. I knelt and pulled out the bottom dresser drawer, lots of band t-shirts and some hoodies I probably couldn't fit in anymore. I lifted them out and froze. A wave of nausea flowed through me, and I felt like getting sick right there on my bedroom floor. I pulled out a length of rubber tubing and held it in front of me. How many times have I used it to tie off and shoot up? I dropped it to the carpet and put the penny jar beneath the old clothes and pushed the door shut. The tubing lay on the floor like a dead snake. I looked over at my bed and everything flooded back, throwing up over and over again until nothing but stomach bile burned my throat. The sweating, the chills, Muscle cramps through my entire body, twisting and nodding in places I didn't think could even do that sort of thing. Shitting and pissing myself, snot running in rivers like it was abandoned ship. The leather belts buckled at my wrists and ankles, holding me to my bedposts for my own good. And pop. Throughout the whole thing, pop. The expression on his face, the painful disappointment I had let something else control my life. See, while Angie was busy shoving a thirty eight revolver at a teenaged cashier and demanding the cash from the register, I was sitting in a parked car, shaking in pain from being dope sick. That's why I wasn't inside with them. That's why my sentence was reduced to an accomplice because I was sicker than a dog of dealing with withdrawal. After the arrest, Pop posted bail and brought me home while the courts lined up all the pre-trial and sentencing bullshit. But that night, the first night Pop took me home, he told me he loved me. Understand he's a kind man, my father, but actually saying he loves me out in the open? (laughs) More terrifying than getting arrested for robbery. He told me he loved me and punched me with a right hook, the hardest I've ever been hit. When I woke up, I was shirtless and wearing sweatpants, and my wrists and ankles were buckled to the bedposts with leather belts. And hell started. Hard and fast and so deep, I thought it would never end. But Pop got me clean. I'll give him that. I begged and pleaded with him. I screamed so loud I lost my voice. I told him I hated him and cursed his name, called him everything in the book, but he ignored it all and brought me water so I could throw it up again, cleaned my piss and shit and puke so often I lost count. When it was over and I opened my eyes for the first time to find my body wasn't wrapped with cramps, I loved him even more. I'd made it through to the other side. He'd gotten me clean before I went to prison. With a tubing in my hand, I headed back to the kitchen. Hey, uh, Pop? He grunted an acknowledgement, but didn't look up. Pop, I don't know if you, you know, go through my bedroom or not. I mean, I wouldn't blame you if you do, but I didn't want you to find this and think I... He peered up, his gaze zeroing in on the dangling teeth. That expression I'd seen so long ago washed over his face. Disappointment, yeah, but more. It's like something sad and heavy he wanted to say, but couldn't quite muster the words. I found it in my dresser, and with some old clothes, and wanted to tell you. I didn't want you to find it, and... I'm clean, Pop, okay? I'm staying clean. I just... All right, then. He nodded and flicked out the paper. Cut it up. Tossed it in the bin. I waited a moment, dumbfounded. Then I did as he asked. Slicing up the tube and throwing it out on top of the used coffee poker in the trash can. Done. I swallowed the last of the coffee in my mug and headed to the garage. The door whined as I lifted it. And son of a bitch. Kenny's words were true. I stood, staring. There's a unique feeling when you step out of the gates. It's freedom, of course. But it's more than that. It's an uneasy freedom. As if you'll be snatched back before you take one more step. The guard saying there's been a mistake. You don't trust it. That's how I felt walking around the Raleigh bike. It was exquisite. I didn't know where Kenny had gotten the thing, but there wasn't even any wear on the grips. Besides some dirt on the tires from when Kenny had brought it over, the bike looked untouched. Brand new. The metal flakes gleamed in the low light of the garage, and I couldn't help but grin. It had been about ten years since I'd ridden a bike, but when I straddled that Raleigh, it fit me perfectly. I flipped up the kickstand with my foot and pedaled out through the drizzle, my heart picking up speed alongside the tires. With the rain and wind on my face, I pedaled down Fishing Creek Road smiling like a kid on the first day of summer. It was the first time since I'd gotten out of prison I truly felt free.
0: And that was Robert Ford reading a sample chapter from his upcoming book, A Penny, for your thoughts. It's available for pre-order right now, comes out June 1st, just a few days away, so make sure you click the links in the show notes for Mr. Ford and his book, along with the links for our sponsors and friends. You also want to check out our backlist for more amazing authors, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out when we come back each week with a new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter. Thank you so much for tuning in, we'll see you again next week.